Hello and welcome to the Mega Bros Podcast. I'm Danny. And I'm Danny. And Danny, the NFL has gifted us with a great deal of content at the beginning of March, which I must say, thank Christ, because it was so boring not talking about football for a couple of weeks. Yeah, this is definitely the worst like stretch of month or two in the calendar. Like once, you know, the football season ends, uh, free agency hasn't quite started yet. There's just not a whole lot going on. Yeah, yeah, I think the only time it ever even comes close to being worse is the summertime when it's nothing but, you know, football players on vacation and baseball on TV. and oh, Boomer ball. I mean, for, yeah, first of all, there will be no boomer ball this year because lockout. Yep, take that. <laughs> baseball sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, they're, I mean, they're just going to flush this whole season right down the tipper. Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely trending that way. <laughs> yeah, just so stupid. There's so much money involved in there. Just, uh, but we're not here to talk about how stupid baseball is because no, it's dumb. we'll do that in another episode. <laughs> Literally, like the stupidest fucking team sport. I mean, it's nine guys all playing on their... Yeah, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> I see, I, it's so easy to get sucked into uh, it. It's unbelievable. It's an easy but target. Speaking of people who used to play baseball at one point in their career and use that as leverage in contract negotiations... Uh, you like that segue? You like, like that one? I that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Wilson traded mm. to the fucking Broncos. Yeah, I mean, a massive trade. Huge. Just huge. Huge and with a Y. Yeah. Just there, there is no H in that entire word. No. So, I mean, let's just, get, let's just get everything out there right up front. The terms are Russell Wilson and this year's fourth round pick from Seattle go to Denver. Because, like we said on the pre-show here, uh, this deal was not getting done without that fourth-round pick coming from Seattle. That was it had to be Russell Wilson in a fourth. That was the linchpin. <laughs> <laughs> but that, in in exchange for Denver sending Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, so three, well, two really good players and Drew Locke <laughs> <laughs> for this year and next year's first-round pick. This year, next year's second round pick, and this year's fifth round pick, because of course that was also necessary to get this done. Yes, of course. I, I, I first of all, I hate the late round throw-in picks. Like, it, they're garbage. They're lottery tickets. We all know it. Just, just stop fucking trading them. Like, it makes you look better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's just adding like the list, the laundry list of stuff. I mean, in terms of, in terms of what this means for the league as a whole, though, I mean. Like, first of all, Denver absolutely has to be, at the very least, favored to make the playoffs. I mean, I, I, but, but the thing is, like, this is the AFC West. And then you look at, you've got Denver, but you've still got Kansas City. You still have, not San Diego, Los Angeles, Chargers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and the Raiders. Like, the worst quarterback in this division might be Derek Carr. And that's, and Derek Carr is probably a top 10 quarterback if you really, like, math it out. Yeah, that that division. I mean, it was already competitive, and and the Broncos were kind of they they were essentially a nothing. I mean, they had a decent year, I think, if I remember correctly. But um, adding Russell Wilson to that mix, I mean, that in any other division makes them you know a, a contender to win that thing. But I mean, they still might. I mean, the Broncos finished last in in the AFC West last year at seven and ten. They started off three and zero. They looked like they might be legit, but, you know, at some point it comes back to the fact that, you know, your quarterback is either Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. Um, right. And that is not winning games in the in the National Football League in this day and age. Nope. I mean, no disrespect to anybody, but they kind of suck. It is. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, 
it's true. Yeah, there, there's just no sugarcoating it. But a guy like Russell Wilson, uh, and and let's also be realistic here. This is Russell Wilson with better receivers than he's had at any point in his career. Um, I shit. Now I gotta go back. I mean, you got Cortland Sutton, you got Jerry Judy. You know, you got two like you got a, two high draft picks who have really turned into quality NFL receivers here. And then they got another, they got another guy named Tim, I think. I got to see. I, I got to double check this. I did not watch any Broncos games this year. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm shocked because they really played compelling football constantly. Yeah, and they were Tim Patrick. That's who it is. Yeah, he he is a bit better than than bad. So. Um, a decent little little third receiver. Um, obviously, they are they don't have Noah Fant at tight end anymore, but they have some guy that they think is going to be just as good. Which sounds dumb, but his name's Albert. Oh God, I'm not going to be able to pronounce that correctly. <laughs> which I think is how you pronounce it. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at that. They uh, they traded Shelby Harris too, which who was one of their better defensive linemen. But I think he was coming up on uh, coming up on either a fifth year option or towards the end of his rookie deal. So. You know, probably, you can only pay so many guys, but really, Denver is just trying to follow a very specific blueprint that they have for literal years at this point, and just import a veteran quarterback onto a roster where everything else seems to be okay. And uh, I can't say it's a bad idea. I can't say it's, you know, something that's going to screw up, you know, their, their whole franchise, because, I mean, they won a Super Bowl seven years ago with this? Was it seven? Six years ago. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it it obviously didn't cripple them enough because you know six years ago now we're now they're right back in that situation, and um I'm I'm gonna save my shitting on the Patriots for a little bit later because I know we're gonna get to them. We're um, gonna we're gonna. <laughs> but it it it's one thing I hear a lot living in New England is how you know Belichick's approach is the approach and that he never wants to put too much resources into any one position, including the quarterback, and I I just to segue away from Patriots now, I, I think in this league, it's no surprise. The quarterback basically determines how well you're going to do. And you can be a bad team with a good quarterback and you're not going to make it all the way. I understand there's, there's still more pieces, but the single most important player on that field is a quarterback. If you don't have one, you have no chance of winning. That's just how it is. So giving up that, that King's ransom, so to speak, you know, just by the laundry list of how much things there were for Russell Wilson, may be the right answer. If they win a Super Bowl, it doesn't matter what they gave up because they got the quarterback. <laughs> right. I mean, who remembers what was traded for Matthew Stafford aside from Jared Goff's gigantic contract? You know, that right. the, that that is the, it's the Rams blueprint. I would I, I think if you wanted to argue that it's really just the logical endpoint of the Belichick roster building model, I don't think that's the wrong thing to say because. Belichick's whole roster building philosophy was always just like, you know, he he wouldn't spend more than he thought he had to on certain positions. Like Belichick was really one of the first GMs to figure out that, you know what, I don't have to pay these running backs shit because they're just going to break down in two to three years. Hence why we have the laundry list of Patriots rushers like Antoine Smith, Corey Dillon, Stephen Ridley, uh, Lawrence Maroney, you know, I, I, he's, and the list goes up, LeGarrette Blunt for fuck's sake. Mm. You know, Damian Harris now. Like, there's every two to three years, there's a new guy. You know, Sony Michelle won a Super Bowl to back out two years later and then, granted, won another Super Bowl. So good for him. Yeah. You know, so I think you look at what Belichick was doing and, and you know, identifying those market inefficiencies, and that's really what happened. Like, it, it kind of 
builds to the logic of Belichick kind of knew that he had the quarterback in Tom Brady and just figured he could just build around that. You know, he didn't have to go ham on the wide receiver position because he had Tom fucking Brady, you know? So like that, and that's really the, the, the whole idea here is you have to, you have to have a very clear understanding of where your team's at. And that's like what the Rams did. They realized they built a team that was a quarterback away. The quarterback they had wasn't good enough. So they, they sold the boat to get the quarterback. And I think that's what Denver is trying to do here. They, they have a really good wide receiver core. Um, running back is stupid. No one cares anymore. Nope. You know, the offensive line is, is decent, not world beating, but you know, not a bad, not a bad set of guys. Uh, the defense remains to be seen because Vic Fangio is a hell of a defensive coordinator. Uh, I get that he got fired, but you got to see if like, this is actually going to turn into like a good set of, you know, a good set of players. I mean, you've got guys like Justin Simmons, Pat Sertan, and you know, Bradley Chubb, but like, what is their defensive line going to look like now with Shelby Harris gone? And, you know, I, I mean, again, it's, and the, and the other thing too is the division is just so tough. I mean, when back when I used to care about college football, which was pretty much when I was in college, and then shortly thereafter when I used to have cable and watch ESPN all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's easier to care about when it's on TV all the time. But um, one of the things, you know, one of the running jokes was that, you know, the Big 12, so that's like your Texas, Oklahoma. Not anymore because they went to the SEC because college football is stupid. Um, but the, the running joke was that the Big 12 just straight up didn't bother playing defense. And that's kind of what the AFC West is going to look like, I think, at this point, because, like, Jesus H. fucking Christ. Like, you're talking about a division with your where your quarterbacks are Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, and Russell Wilson? Oh, yeah. They're, they're all running up the score in that division. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, they every, every single team in there could, could average 40 points a game, probably. Like, I, I mean, come on. Come on. It's just <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> I... I... I I like what the Broncos did. I guess I mean as a Patriots fan, I hate it because I hate the Broncos. And yes, I, I, I want the Broncos to crash and burn. I want Russell Wilson to just like gently tear his emotional ACL and quit football. Yeah, I I, I want them to fail miserably. But the approach is what I don't want to fail because I would like I would have liked Belichick to do this. I don't think in any world that Bill even picked up the phone to the Seattle and said, "Hey, what would it take to get him?" I wish he would have. I like I like Mac Jones. I think he's going to be good. But you're telling me if, you know, you give Belichick, Russell Wilson, and the he's got some young players on defense and offense. Maybe he makes something out of him. Maybe he doesn't. But I, I just think that, like, turbocharges your rebuild. I, I don't this, – this this is not what I was expecting you to say. So you, you would have done this deal for the Patriots? You would have traded for Russell Wilson? I would have, yeah. Yep. Huh. Because I think – and I'm I'm factoring in a couple things here. I don't think Bill has another ten years in him. Maybe does he have two or three? So if I was Belichick, I would look at this and say, how do I maximize my time here? And that's how I would do it. I would say to Seattle, like, hey, look, I have Mac Jones. He can probably help you be a like you know be your next starter. So I don't have to give you all these first round picks, or I don't have to give you like a you know, a good young defender, but like, how about you give me Russell Wilson for Mac Jones and a couple picks or something like that. Um, I think they probably could have gotten it done. And I think again, Russell Wilson makes them probably, probably close to the favorite in the AFC East. Yeah, I gotta say it's a ballsy idea. Um, it is out of, it is outside the box. Um, I don't like it at all, but I, I can't <laughs> say it's like terrible. I just don't like it. <laughs> no, like, that's fair. 
like I like I like to me like your like your whole idea here is like I'm because like here's the thing here's why I like this for Denver is that Denver has the offense to slot Russell Wilson in right away. They've got three good receivers. They've got a decent tight end, but Russell Wilson doesn't throw to tight ends. Like the man had Jimmy Graham for years and did, and barely threw anything to him. Like that. So to me, like I don't like I feel like if you bring him into a Patriots team where there isn't a number one receiver, so he's basically back in Seattle. Um, you know, and then there's two tight ends that he's not going to bother throwing to because he's going to be scrambling for his life. Like, I, I, I see where you're going with this. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not that that high on Wilson, and I don't think that him and Belichick would really mesh because Wilson's whole thing is scrambling and keeping plays alive. And I mean, Belichick just outright hates scrambling quarterbacks. Like, I, I just. I don't like. I don't. I don't know that that's a trade that I would make. It's. It's definitely. It is an interesting idea. I really like thinking about it, though. Like, would I tra- like? Would I trade Mac Jones for Russell Wilson? I mean, like, figure probably straight up, or at least like a couple of picks from the Pats. I mean, I want to sit here and say no, but I. I, I really have like. I, I would probably need a couple of like dinners to mull it over. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think. Like, it, it, now. The, the final take is going to be, like, what quarterbacks move this year. And so far, it's been Russell Wilson. Um, I think we're, we might get to it later, but Aaron Rodgers wound up signing a four-year deal. I never thought he was going to go to the Patriots anyways, but... I never thought Rodgers was leaving Green Bay, period, so... No, I, I don't think so either, and, and good for them. They deserve each other. Um, terrible franchise, terrible person. Unbelievable. But I, I guess, like, the thought experiment is just, would you trade Mac Jones for a proven quarterback? And... You know, for I agree, I agree with your assessment of like how Russell Wilson would or wouldn't fit with Belichick. Um, but like from a standpoint of a a quarterback who's won a Super Bowl, been to two, um, is still in his prime. Did he have a down year last year? Yeah, with some injuries. But you know, if if the whole idea about Belichick is he can coach up players, you know, that may not be the best talent wise and make them good and put them in the right situation, could he do that? with Russell Wilson, could he maybe get him to stay in a system a little bit more, or I, I don't know, maybe let him know that the tight end position exists and we have two pretty decent ones. Um, I would feel better about it if Josh McDaniels was still here. I know that sounds stupid because I've spent like probably about 80% <laughs> of this podcast complaining about Josh McDaniels, but, but yeah, like who the fuck is even, can, who's even calling the plays this Jesus. year? <laughs> yeah, if it's apparently it's Belichick. So that's another thing we can get to later, but uh, that, yeah, that, I mean, We'll have to get to that later because yeah. I have a lot of feelings about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah but that, that is an interesting thought experiment, though. Yeah, some 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 all over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I I guess like what it comes down to it, though, I don't know that they have the pieces in place for Russell Wilson to put them over the hump. And then I feel like you know, with a guy like Wilson, you're gonna have to pay him, and you know, I don't like. Regardless of Belichick's feelings on roster building aside, which we will get to. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we're teasing a lot of stuff this episode. Yeah, it's all Patriots. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, damn it! Ah, why did you come up with this before the show so we could talk about it and I could have like an opinion already? I like this one. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought about it at the moment. Yeah, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson to the Broncos. I think the Broncos, at the very least, should be favored to probably make the playoffs. I. They're in a division with Kansas. Like Kansas City is probably still in charge of that division. I can't really. I can't imagine McDaniel's lights up the world in year one. I can't imagine that the Chargers suddenly make the leap because you know they're still the Chargers, which is basically just Jet, Jets West when it comes to bad luck. Yeah, they can't um, accept that. Yeah, like come on. But I yeah, I mean Denver finishing as like a top like. 
three and a five seed, I think is a very reasonable outcome this year. Yeah, and, and it, it all hinges on Russell, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, obviously, and I think that does instant upgrade for them. Yeah, I would I would have to imagine. The only you know what the only other thing I can think of that might possibly maybe sort of be an issue, Denver and that like you know mountain air. I mm. I don't know. Maybe maybe like he's got to get used to it or something. Who knows? It's a little bit different environmentally than Seattle. Just a tad, from what I've heard. Yes, yes. Oh man, wow. Dan with the awesome thought experiment. So yeah. you know that that is uh, ten points to Dan. Yeah, not chew on that one for a while. Well, if that was some beef jerky, I absolutely would, but it's not. So instead, we're going to move on to the other thing, which is Calvin Ridley suspended for a year by the league for gambling on games in November. How dumb do you have to be? With his own name on his own phone in his own fucking sportsbook account. <laughs> I... A really funny tweet from him, too, was, like, right afterwards where he was basically saying, don't worry, everyone, I don't have a gambling addiction. It was only $1,500. Completely missing the point. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things where you just read that and you're like, you know, that's exactly what someone with a gambling addiction would say. <laughs> it is. And I think someone had a good reply where it was something like, well, you didn't gamble $1,500. You gambled your $11 million contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw a couple of variations of that. You know, that or the... Uh... You, how do you gamble 1500 and lose $11 million? <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Although the number one question is, what were the other legs of Calvin Ridley's parlays, and did he hit on any of them? <laughs> <laughs> can't imagine he did. Like, I, I can't even believe this. Like, I mean, first of all, you, you, tell me you, you have a gambling problem without saying you have a gambling problem. Ridley reportedly placed three parley bets involving three, five, and eight legs, all of which were dependent on the Falcons winning to cash out. <laughs> right, like, why are, you, why are you betting on the Falcons? Right, first of all, depending on the Falcons winning, so, sir. Right. <laughs> right. Have you seen what the Falcons do lately? <laughs> yeah, and, and look, the, the NFL conveniently came out with, oh yeah, he's suspended for a year, but we investigated everybody else and there is absolutely nothing else untoward going on. Literally nothing. No oh, evidence Jesus. indicating any inside information was used or that any game was compromised in any way. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it makes, you know, I, I love the NFL and I love football and I never want it to go away, but god damn, it's like easy to root against. I mean, like, just so fucking smarmy and stupid, like, and, and, and absolute predators, too. I mean, like, let's not even get it, like, we don't even need to bring up Dan Snyder, but you knew exactly who we were talking mm -hmm. about. Like, this is, I mean, first of all, I think it's so fucking stupid that the league is in bed with gambling companies. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, the only people who could possibly miss the optics of this are a bunch of rich old white guys who literally have no one telling them no. Which conveniently describes the entirety of NFL ownership. Oh yeah, like, they, they get away with absolutely everything. I mean, if if it were any other organization in, in the world, or I would hope in the country at least, that had such levels of like, malfeasance, corruption, whatever you want to call it, at the top levels, I mean, you they would have to be investigated, like, congressional hearings. I, I know that, you know, politics is a mess now, and we have much more important things in the world, but, like, I, I don't know if I, like, <laughs> one of the owners of, 
you know, in the NFL was accused of paying their coach to lose games, which is kind of important when you just got in bed with all these gambling websites. How is that? How, how like that's just conveniently out of the, you know, out of the, the, the news cycle. But it shouldn't be like that's that's worse than what Calvin Ridley did. And the, well, the, do you know the other little tidbit you pick up from this story, though, is that apparently, you know, the Falcons have been doing the right thing because Arthur Blank is a stand-up guy, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but sure. apparently they've been telling people, no, we're not going to trade him. He's got some stuff coming down the pike. You're going to see it. Don't worry, but you can't trade for him. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, the NFL knew about this. To enough for the Falcons to know not to fucking trade him because he was going to be suspended for a year and somebody was going to get real mad. Mm. And we're supposed to believe that this came out, like, you know, now of all times? Just, you know, because that's how it happened. And and I, I don't mean to diminish mental health at all, so please don't take it this way, but he did miss, you know, I think he played five games this year and then missed the rest of the year with mental health issues. Again, not to diminish it, but like, is that why he missed most of the year, or did they know something before then? Right. Is this mental health issues, or is this Michael Jordan had to go play baseball because, you know, he was gambling too much on NBA games? <laughs> yeah, whoops, how did that happen? Yeah, you know, I mean, that, it's so fucking shady, and I hate it because this takes away from my enjoyment of the of the actual product, which is, you know, grown-ass men beating the shit out of each other. That's all it's, I want in life. It's, it's the most unfortunate thing in, like, all of fucking football is the owners like they just <laughs> it's amazing they ruin what, everything it's amazing what they get away with and how brazen it is too and just like that they can just stand there and say like yeah this is we investigated it and it's only one player who did one thing on his phone like you don't have an entire league that you know would do most of that probably or yeah, even <laughs> i was gonna say there, there's three thousand plus you know Rich, young, jacked alpha males, and not a single one of them's gambling except Calvin Ridley. Yep, just him. That's all. Just, just the one. <laughs> or, or even like even the Stephen Ross stuff. As like as soon as that came out, the NFL pushed out a statement that like denied all of it and said we did a thorough investigation and nothing. We found nothing. And then as the weeks going on, you hear stories like eh, he could lose the Dolphins over this. It's like, well, no shit. But it just, it's... <laughs> he should go to fucking jail over it is what he should be doing. Like, that's the whole fucking point of the and, of like all these antitrust exemptions that they have is to put out, like, a fair fucking product. If you're trying to fix the fucking games in one way or, or you know, one direction or the other, like, that compromises the whole fucking league. Like, and also, why couldn't he have thrown those games against us? Just gonna, gonna go ahead and put that out there. I know, come on. <laughs> like, of all the two games to not get your 100,000 for, Brian Flores, what the fuck? It's unbelievable. <laughs> no respect. No respect. Just take take the damn money. But yeah, but you know you're right. It's like it's in all of sports, no matter what sport it is, it's the one thing you can't do. You can commit a lot of felonies and still get back in the NFL. You just can't gamble on football. You can gamble on anything else, but just for like the like the five or six years that you're actually in the league, you just can't do it. And yet, here we are. Here we are. And you know, I mean, you want to sit here and talk about the owners, you know, sucking mad, mm. dirty butts here. Um, that's not even counting what they do with the fucking stadiums. Like, Terry oh, Pegula is about to fucking bilk the the city of Buffalo out of $850 million because otherwise he's going to move the team to fucking where? Like, 
first of all, like Buffalo, if you're paying for the, for a new fucking stadium, you're fucking stupid because a you will not make the money back on it. There's been you know only like five thousand studies on this. No city ever gets the money back. You know, I mean, we can all talk about how much of a piece of shit Stan Kroenke is, but mm-hmm. the dude paid for his whole fucking stadium. You know, even though he up and left St. Louis to do it, like <laughs> you know, there is. As far as, you know, billionaire conduct goes, that's downright honorable. honorable. <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah. Yeah. But meanwhile, fucking Terry Pegula is going to be all like, her dear, pay me money or I'm going to take the team somewhere else. Like, I mean, first talking... of all, where? Right. No one else what had a team Buffalo is like, like you team? know what? Give me them Buffalo Bills. No one. Right? Like, and, who? And, who? And you're... You're talking about a group of 31 people who could pull out their checkbook in any given situation and write the check for the stadium right there and make it all back in the, in the same year. Like, they are not hurting for cash. Right. Like, I, it's just it's just so stupid. It is, it is fucking theft. I mean, apparently, apparently with this fucking bullshit governor they got down there now, Virginia is also talking about giving Dan Snyder a whole fucking megaplex to rival the shit out in Los Angeles. Of course they fucking are. Because, you know, Dan Snyder did not have enough nooks and crannies to to molest and sexually assault women in. Which is, he's going to get away with, too. He's going to, he's going to, because that's the whole, f- man. Yeah. <laughs> See, we're going to turn this from a football rant into a politics rant yeah, real we, quick. <laughs> yeah, we got we to move on to the next one, I think. <laughs> yeah, rather rather than talk about the imminent American Civil War II electric mm-hmm. boogaloo that's coming down, mm-hmm. um, let's get back to the Patriots, and not, the, and not that kind. No, no, let's no. Let's get back to the football kind. Yes, the one that we were all here for. J.C. Jackson, um, not franchise tagged by the Patriots. Don't love okay. it. You know, because I, 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 would, I would be fine with that if the second piece of news was J.C. Jackson signed to long-term extension by Bill Belichick. That would have been um, good news. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would have been good news, but guess what? It didn't happen. So... Yeah, and the killer for me, too, is J.C. Jackson... Like sounded like he would want to play under the franchise tag. It's there's not very many players who want that, but he really just wanted to feel like he belonged and 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 was needed on the team. And the Patriots just didn't do it. I mean, he's an undrafted free agent who would would be looking at seventeen million dollars guaranteed in his checkbook. Like, I'd be okay with playing on that too, honestly. At that point, the man yeah. has balled out for you know three four years now and. I, he's he's been like one of the best ball hawks in the league since he, since he started playing. Like he's been a great player, and I you know we talked about this a little bit previously, but Belichick has I you know I would argue that Belichick has never won a Super Bowl like at least in in the modern era, not in the eighties. We're not counting that one without a top flight corner. Um, you want to like at least at the very least like a Pro Bowl level cornerback. You know you want to talk about the early dynasty when you had Ty Law. You want to talk about. So then, you know, the later years when you had some combination of Darrell Rivas, Malcolm Butler, except in Super Bowl 52, and um, Stephon Gilmore, you know, that's, that is the player that Belichick needs to make his defenses work because he wants to play a lot of man coverage. And in order to do that, you need to have one guy who can go up with against the top guy and shut him down. Like, it's, you cannot have, you know, coverages where you need to have, where you need to cover three guys with six guys. Like, that's just, you, you, you can't make that a lot of these Belichick defenses work like that. So, you know, I mean, and it kind of seemed like something might be coming down the pike when they let Kyle Van Noy go, um, which kind of sucks. I like Van Noy. Um, Dan doesn't know who he is, doesn't know he exists, (laughs) apparently, because, you know, he's dumb and stupid and fat. Uh, I'm not any of those things, actually. You suck. Die. 
Mm, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, besides forgetting about Van Noy, because I honestly didn't remember being on the team. I know they got him, but I just... That is like, just hilarious to me. Just like, the dude had eight sacks last year. It just didn't leave an impression on me. What can I tell you? <laughs> Apparently he did not. You should. He Maybe he should have hit you instead of those quarterbacks. Yeah, I would have definitely stood up to him. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> what, what frustrates me about J.C. Jackson, and if we're going back a little bit further, also Malcolm Butler, is these are players that Bill drafted, uh, came up through the system, did everything the right way, and then wanted to get paid, and Bill said no. And I know we talked about, you know, he has, you know, his idea of what the market's going to be and, and what he wants to pay for a player, and most times, I will give him credit, he turns out to be right, but... I think in some of these situations, he just hasn't been. And he even had to go out and get Stephon Gilmore to replace Malcolm Butler. So, and again, you can argue about if it turned out to be the right move and, and what did, you know, different players do when they left the team. But just yeah, I, don't, like, I don't think that's a defensible statement. They won a Super Bowl with Gilmore at corner. Oh, like. <laughs> absolutely. And, and I, don't, I don't mean to say that, you know, the Gilmore thing was the wrong thing, but I also would have re-signed Gilmore like at the time when, you know, his contract came up. And I, I just wish that Bill would get to the players a little bit earlier, maybe, or be willing to pay a little bit extra to keep them. It just seems like he's so quick to say, you know, I made you and you have to take the contract I want to give you. And he just won't hear any other. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you're right that like he absolutely has his value in mind and he doesn't go over it, which is obviously something that, you know, we've been reading about for 20 years. But. It really, I, like, the thing that gets me is that Belichick just really seems determined to, like, bring the game back 20 years. Like, he, like, he, it, at this point, it just seems like all he wants to do every year is just make the, you know, play everything like it was the 1986 Giants, you know? And he's got Lawrence Taylor back there somewhere, which, <laughs> spoiler alert, he doesn't. No, surprisingly. Yeah, I know, right? Matt Judon, <laughs> Matt Judon did okay this year, like, uh, up until yeah. that last month of the season when everybody died, but. Yeah, that was, wasn't good. Yeah, but I, I mean,. I don't know. I don't love Belichick's approach this year so far. I don't know how much flexibility they really have based on all the money that they put out last year. Um, like, I think this was always going to be a year of some tough decisions, and I think that they're going to have to rely on the draft a little bit more this year. Like, this, like they need to hit some picks, and especially that wide receiver room. I mean, you know, I, I think that's, like, the biggest thing that really has come out here is that, like, even even with the upgrades that they made last year, and, and make no mistake... Having a top three of Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, and Jacoby Myers in some order, that's that's not a bad top three of receivers. Like, each one of those guys is a good receiver. But what is holding this offensive back right now is that there is no guy who can beat single coverage. You know, and it doesn't have to be a receiver. Like, yes, sure, some of the most prolific NFL offenses ever were Brady DeMoss. You know, Brady DeMoss, Brady DeMoss. Um, and repeat that 47 more times. But... It can be a tight end, too. I mean, you remember when Belichick just absolutely savaged the league with the two tight end offense for, you know, the beginning of last decade, you know, between Gronk and, you know, the murderer that we shall not name, who was also named Eric Hernandez. Yeah, um, that was one. Yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, he made various iterations of that work. I mean, Martellus Bennett worked for a bit. Algie Crumpler was in there a little bit. Mm. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that guy. So, what's up? I forgot about that guy. <laughs> Algie Crumpler, he, he was there, like, I think it was 2010, 12, 11? Somewhere in there, but yeah, no, he played a few games for us and was and was pretty decent, honestly. Uh, definitely on the back nine, but you know that. 
Belichick is not above offensive innovation, but like they need a guy who can beat single coverage. It doesn't matter where he plays. Like that's something that Edelman used to be able to do. Like Edelman was never faster than anybody. He was never like you know more athletic than anybody, and he was never you know better at catching than anybody. It's just that you know he he could beat single coverage for long enough for Brady to get on the ball. You know, and I feel like. Mac Jones is the kind of quarterback that can get the ball there, I, but he needs somebody that can, that can win those one-on-one battles. And Bourne, Aguilar, Myers just could not do that on a consistent basis. So to me, like, if you're not going to go out and get a big-name wide receiver, I hear a lot of linking of Amari Cooper to us. I don't know how in God's green earth they're going to pay for him, but I also know that you know my, my podcasting companion here is a full believer in the cap is crap argument, so who knows? They could probably just conjure up $5,000 out of nowhere. Yeah, I do think the cap is crap. If they wanted to get that money, they could find a way to do it. Yeah, so, I mean, if they brought in Amari Cooper, um, I'm not going to say I'm fully erect, but I'm semi. That's a semi. Yeah, that that would uh, that would get some movement down there. That's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, actually, hold on now. Like, let's say, like, you probably, if you... All right, let me collect that thought real quick. You sign Amari Cooper... You yep. probably restructure or, or release Aguilar to, to make the cap space. So for you, like your top two is probably Cooper and Bourne with Myers in the slot. You oh still God. got Henry and Smith at tight end. Mac Jones in his second year, man. If it, as long as the as long as the offensive coaching comes through, then Mac Jones would be pretty pretty fucking set. Yeah, I, oh, I mean, wait, how many offensive coaches do we have right now? Mm, a little too much. Yeah, like it, two. It's... <laughs> So like and and this is the part of the season that is is going to frustrate me at least for now. Um, there's still plenty of off season left. They can make a trade. They could have a good draft. We'll see how that pans out. It sounds like their coaching staff is pretty much set as it is, and I do not love it. Um, you know, you, you got Matt Patricia potentially working on the offense, which I don't want to work on anything. Don't love it at all. Uh, <laughs> Joe Judge back, who is going to be working with Mac Jones. Don't love it. Ask Daniel Jones how that went for him in, in New York. Womp womp. Not great. Uh, and then you have <laughs> potentially Belichick hiding behind a big play sheet calling plays for offense. Don't that, love that either. I, I, see, you you don't love it. I, that intrigues the absolute fuck out of me. Like, so, like uh, what, what, what happens if we unleash the Belichick mind on the other side of the ball? <laughs> so listen, in, it, it's certainly intriguing. I would like to see it. But from like a... Uh, one of the things I liked about Belichick is that he was – I'm going to steal this take that I heard on the radio, but that he's basically the CEO of the team, that he's not just focused on the defense, which is his specialty, is that he's overlooking everything, and he's not you know, worried about tiny, minute details, but he's you know, taking in the game, getting a feel for it. And if he feels like he has to call a different play, he'll, he'll say to McDaniels, like, hey, I've noticed this happening. Let's try this, or same thing on the defense. But if he's like behind that play sheet, how much – you know, how much is he paying attention to the defense or can he keep an eye on the play sheet and the clock and his timeouts and everything like that? If anyone could, it's him. I just, you know, dude's what, 71? Yeah, something like that. I mean, he he, he old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not even, I'm half his age and I would not be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, I totally could. You know, if any if any NFL team out there wants, wants to hire me, I, I would reasonably accept a contract for $500,000. I think that's fair. Yeah, reasonable. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I, I guess what it comes down to, like, I, I'm intrigued to see how Belichick follows up last year's spending spree. Obviously, um, it would have been it would have been more intriguing if they traded for Russell for Russell Wilson, apparently. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck on that one. It's a, it's a good take. What can I tell you? Uh, it it is it is a take. Like that, it, it there is a lot of work to be done on that one. But I mean, the thing the thing that I'm coming back to here is like you know you look at that team last year, the Patriots. You look at what they need. Like they need a number one wide receiver. I think they're set on offense otherwise. You know, maybe you know, maybe you add like a guy here or a guy there, but there's nobody else you're really gonna add in to, to start right off the bat there, at least the least from this vantage point right now. Defense, you gotta I mean, I hope that they have some idea as to what the fuck happened the last month of the season when they couldn't cover anybody, they couldn't tackle anybody, they couldn't shed a block. I mean the entire team was just like, defense? What's that? It was fucking terrible. Like, after looking like they could have been... They were they were the number one seed in the conference at one point. They looked like they could have been, like, a top five team in the league. And it was one of those things where it's like, you know, I don't know if I believe this, but they look good. And, alas, it didn't last. No, so, it, it did not. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I was going to say no. I... I... It seems like they have some pieces on defense, and if, if you give them, you know, another year, and, and they can figure out whatever happened last year, because I don't think it was necessarily talent-driven, I think. At one point, like you said, they were the number one seed. They looked like they were potentially on their way to make a deep playoff run, and then it all went to crap. So, what, you know, what happened there? And if if they figure that out, and, you know, Mac Jones takes an, another step forward, they might have a decent chance. Yeah, I mean, like the truth is, if Mac Jones take the, takes the next step forward and become, you know, if he if he makes that sophomore leap, then this is still a playoff team, absolutely. Um, oh yeah. But you know, the truth is, this team is going nowhere unless they learn how to tackle when they're playing Buffalo. Like that's like I, as as much as it pains me to say this because yeah. I absolutely hate the Buffalo Bills, um, you know, and their fans are trash too. So yep, yes, I mean all of you, my coworkers. Oh, take um, that. <laughs> yeah, take that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah unfortunately, um, Buffalo's not going anywhere. Yeah, no, they're 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 not. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, and and that's because Josh Allen is a fucking cheat code. I hate him so much. I but, can't him. You know, they gotta they gotta get faster on defense. And you know, if you're gonna tell me cutting JC is part of the part of the process, sure. But like, who are you replacing him with? Like, are we gonna actually like unleash these young linebackers that we've been stockpiling for a couple of years? Like. Nice. You know, is Uche going to see the field? Is Winovich going to see the field? Is Anthony Jennings coming back? Is Raekwon McMillan going to be useful? Like, uh, Ronnie Perkins took a fuck, had the fucking Foxborough flu all year. So, you know, what the fuck's going on there? And that defensive line was god-awful. Like, the end position, I don't know. I mean, you cannot have Dietrich Wise as your number one defensive end. It's, it is not, that is not a recipe for winning football. No, and, and clearly I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! See, I told you we we came up with a football rant out of nowhere. Yeah, that that was a good one. <laughs> we are we are amazing, but you know, I mean, at this point, I think we've said all the all that can be said. You know, it, so for those of you who weren't keeping track and need a TLDL, was that too long? Didn't listen, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that checks out. Huh, shit, that actually worked. Anyway, for those of you who need it, um, Russell Wilson got traded to the Broncos. It was a lot. Of, it was a lot given up, but the most important was that fourth round pick that Seattle sent over. Yep, that's the one thing you should take away from this podcast. Yes, Seattle had to send a fourth-round pick over with Russell Wilson to make this work. Yep. 
despite the two for two Pro Bowl caliber players plus two first rounds, two second rounds, and a fifth round pick coming over. It was that fourth round pick that made all the difference. Yeah, it always does. So yeah, Russell Wilson traded. Calvin Ridley suspended. Owners, all pieces of shit. Um, you know, I mean, we <laughs> shit. You give you give us you give us a drink or two, and we'll probably even find a way to shit on Robert Kraft. Yeah. <laughs> you know, man pays for hand jobs. Oh, look, there, found it. Oh, there, we did it. Yep. <laughs> oh man, and uh, yeah, Patriots didn't resign J.C. Jackson. Don't like it. Don't like it at all. Um, yep. But you know, as long as he goes to a team in the NFC, then I guess I'll be okay with it. Which means he's yeah. probably going to the Jets, isn't he? Yeah, probably. Poor guy. Well, at least he'll get injured by his second year and won't play again. <laughs> but I'll have money. Womp womp. Well, anyway, at this point, you know, I think we've said all that there is to say. So for the Mega Bros here, I'm Donnie. And I'm Danny. <laughs>